a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars Protects. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Weston Pike. They are giving away some Weston Pike fly racing gear over at JGR. And uh, Blake Baggett wears it. And Benny Bloss. And Dakota Alex. And remember, Trey Kennard and Andrew Shore. They made their names wearing fly. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. The F2 carbon helmet with MIPS straight out of the box, right under the head of the pro racers near you. And uh, we thank the folks at flyracing.com for coming on the show. And please check them out at their website. They make much more than uh, gear also. And um, Alpine Star protects from uh, the BNS a tech carbon neck guard, the A1 roost guard to the Fluitech carbon knee brace. It's all quality, quality A-Stars protection products. They make much more than boots, everybody. It's uh, stuff right underneath your gear. A lot of guys that maybe don't wear A-Star boots run this kind of stuff underneath their gear. It works that well, fits that well. Alpine Star protects, thanks to, to those guys. Please check them out on the web and see the whole line of products that they carry that... Uh, Besides boots. So, uh, again, thank you for listening. FlyRacing.com, RacerX Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. This is the 2017 Motocross Does Nations Preview. We're going to talk about what we think is going to happen in England this weekend. And uh, please, if uh, after the race, don't go back and listen to this because it's possible that we could be way off and uh, we, we could make zero points. Um, so please uh, don't uh, hold us to this. All right, with me on the line, uh, my boss at RacerX Online, the voice of motocross, the voice of Gene ZC, the voice of flat track, the voice of ATV quad racing, the voice of uh, Endurocross, uh, the voice of Geneva Supercross, Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? Uh, this is weird. I was on the Pulp Show last night. I don't mm. know if you know about that one. Mm-hmm. I think it was a wrong number or a mistake. I thought it was DMXS. Yep. Um, you were on it. I don't know what that show even is yep. or what it does. Not familiar. Uh, or is this actually Daniel Blair's podcast? Is that what it was? <laughs> exactly. It was It was Blair. You were on Main Event Moto. You just didn't even know it. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I'm um, looking forward to a weekend of um, just staying at home. <laughs> and uh, paying paying the money to watch the uh, the race online. It's actually pretty fun, I have to say. The getting up early and you're all into it, and you're getting a cup of coffee at five in the morning, getting all pumped up, and then uh, you're done by about noon. It's actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I wouldn't know, but uh, I could see that. Also on the line from FlyRacing.com, he'll be my travel partner again for another motocross to nations, and we'll see again if USA can uh, can win when this man is there live. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Nothing, just uh, preparing for my heart to be broken. You, you know, it's it's one of those deals where you 
you go into a relationship and you know that you you like the girl too much and it's only going to hurt you in the end mm-hmm. and you're you're super vulnerable super exposed that's pretty much me boarding the plane tomorrow yeah, it's uh, it's a tough goal, Weege. JT, the Americans ripped off win after win until JT started showing up. Yeah, worst member of Team USA ever. Wasn't even on the team ever, yet somehow has caused uh, several losses. A losing streak, in fact, without even appearing on the team. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, I don't know how you pull that off. Oh, uh, there's been and and Weege, there has been some anger, outright anger at Team USA members over the years from JT at their riding. Not happy. Look, I don't want to name names right now and call any riders out in advance, but I can already tell you, folks, that JT has been watching the prospects of Team USA almost like the stock market for the last four and a half weeks. And he is turning into the standard keyboard warrior fan already. <laughs> absolutely. JT, yes, absolutely. A guy, who, a guy who should be the living definition of, you don't know how hard this is, everybody puts in the work, it's way harder than it looks. You don't understand the pressure these guys are under. He lived it. He absolutely lived it from the seat of a motorcycle. Yet he's starting to fall into the trap. If they do not perform this year, he will be no better than the guy in his basement eating Funyuns. <laughs> <laughs> judging, judging social media posts. Judging, oh, yes. judging things he watches online. It's, there it's, has been some judging of social media already. It's already been done. It's so bad. Eh, not not so much judging. It's more just questioning. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Okay. Posing questions. It's uh, <laughs> it is unbelievable. I can't. You're right. You think uh, out of all every out of anybody, JT would know. Hey, you can't really. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on. You know. Yeah, you can't judge <laughs> off of just a couple posts here and there, but. Uh, he just, I'm looking I, I, for a 93 days in a row type effort here. We <laughs> yeah, there, there, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, before we you get don't want it bad enough. It yeah, really comes down yeah. to who wants <laughs> just it effort. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking before we get too far into this, uh, why again, uh, please people subscribe to Racer X Online Magazine. There is the new issue is out. There's an article about the. Uh, uh, ride across America with uh, Bailey and Henry and Diamond and um, uh, um, uh, why is it escaping me right now? Bailey, Henry, Diamond, Ward, well, Jeff Ward. I'm speaking of 93 days in a row. 93 days. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so please check it out, everybody, online. Subscribe. Lots of things that in the magazine that you will not find online. So We had a big story coming up on the uh, Honda 154 stroke. Uh, has that bike been a success or not? I think it's almost forgotten about. Like, yeah, it's quite a controversial machine. Geez, it's probably eleven years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, so we assigned DJ Smith to really look into the sales. Do people actually race it? Is it successful or not? Did it change the sport? Did it hurt the sport? Print only, folks. So sign up now. I um, I, yeah, I think it's interesting. That bike is an interesting thing because it was it was touted as the end of the world for the 85 yeah. cc's when it's done nothing like that at all. Yes. Yeah, it, it shows. What that shows me is if the formula is off a tiny bit, like let's say they made a 200 cc four-stroke limit in the 125 class and they weren't competitive, yeah, it would have changed everything. Yeah. Because apparently that bike maybe needed to be a 160 or something. Right. If it was faster, everyone would ride it, but it mustn't be. Absolutely. All right, so please check it out. Um all right, let's uh, let's let's preview the motocross nations going off in England this weekend. Um, the USA's chances 
have drastically improved uh, due to some injuries from other countries. I went into this thing um, with, hey, it's 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 a team, uh, it's a team that can get on the podium. Maybe it's a team that uh, if I think if they get on the podium, I think uh, it'll be a great job by those guys. And I am now with the injuries to France, MX2 guys with uh, Roman Fabris, so-so results with um, uh, 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 Belgium guys getting hurt. DeSalle is out and Lieber is out. I, I think a podium is, 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 is in the cards for Team USA. And, and maybe, maybe a win. I've, I've switched that much, JT, from the initial uh, roster projection. Yeah, I, I really think it's wide open. Uh, I don't, you know, if, if we were laying odds to this thing, which is basically, you know, how a favor gets predicted, I think you would have really similar um, odds for all four of the, the countries that I have at the top of the board. Um, I, I have uh, Great Britain, I have France, I have the USA, and I have the Netherlands uh, all duking this thing out. And, you know, as we get more information, uh, we'll watch Saturday, which Saturday doesn't really always matter. We saw how terrible the USA was last, last year on Saturday. But we're going to start to get uh, a better picture of, of how this thing's going to play out but with zero information uh with having no clue how christophe charlier will be um you know how's how's uh thomas covington how will he look on a 450 there's just a lot of variables and you're right i mean this this whole landscape has changed in the last two to three weeks and and i think for the better i think for the better for the usa yeah uh, but also just for fans in general yeah i i think usa can I think they'll be on the podium. I, I, I'm very confident saying that, seeing, seeing what's been going on with these other teams. Um, Weege, the one thing ace in the hole for Team USA is Zach Osborne. I expect him to win MX2. Uh, I think uh, Hunter Lawrence will be up there, and I think Tommy Sur will ride well in front of the hometown town fans. But I think uh, what USA has going for it is Zach Osborne is the fastest MX2 rider in the world. Yeah, and it's just the only unfortunate thing is it's just hanging so much on the make or break. I totally agree with JT that some of these other teams have now gotten weakened enough where it definitely puts a victory in play. But Osborne has to come through. And I don't expect him to ride badly. But, I mean, if he happens to have a first-turn crash or a bike problem or a bad moto or a fall at the wrong time, I don't, I don't see any other strategy that can get it for them. So he's got to be almost perfect. He basically, I think, guess would have to win the MX2 class in both motos. And what could really help, I say this every year, I think the 250 position is the most critical because if you can get second overall on a moto and the next best 250 guy gets eighth or ninth, you're gaining six to seven points on the other team. I don't know why they changed the rules years ago. It used to be scored individually at your class. Now you're just scored overall. If he can shove five or six 450s between himself and the next 250 guy, that is a massive advantage. And I think then it puts the win in play, but he has to avoid all bad luck, all problems. If he has a one bad moto, it's going to be really hard, I think, for Covington and Seeley to perform well enough to overcome that. It's much of this relies on Osborne's shoulders, I feel. But 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 we, I, I agree with you for one. But mm-hmm. isn't that kind of true for everyone? Because for the Netherlands uh, with Hurlings, he has to be perfect too. For them to have any shot, he's got to he's got to go one one. I think that that gives them their best play. Uh, for France, with Charlier's big question mark, I think Febra has to step up. I think he's going to have to win one of his motos. So while I agree with you 100% on Osborne, I think the other guys are, are 
in a very similar situation with maybe, maybe the exception being Great Britain, where they could they could be consistent enough across the board to win it without a standout performance. I really think the rest of the teams have to have a guy winning at least one moto and definitely both motos in their particular class, um, with the exception of Great Britain. They're the only ones that I think are strong enough across the board to win with you know two, three, four, five scores all day. Yeah, I actually do uh, agree with that, um, and it's kind of different um, than usual. Uh, I guess because I guess you could say every team has pretty much been weakened, uh, or in the case of the Netherlands, they do have the three guys they wanted, but it, it, Hurlings is their guy. You know, the other two are going to be okay, and they were pretty good last year, and they almost won it last year. But yeah, it's not like you're expecting Brian Boggers to go out and win a moto. You're just hoping that he gets top ten. So I guess everybody's pivoting on on that one thing because. None of these teams are the full powerhouses that they've been. Uh, you usually would talk about with teams that could potentially win the event. And Britain, I don't know if they'll win a moto with any of those guys, but you're right. They're they're the only ones maybe that the consistency card is what's going to work it for them as opposed to hoping that their best guy just dominates. You look at the results from last year. I have them in front of me. Um and Belgium got fourth. Uh, Jeremy Horbeek was on the MX2 bike, and he went 5-7. Uh, USA's guys went 9-9. Nine, nine. That's a, a, that's a, a mark. Um, Netherlands, 14 for Bogers. Uh, France's MX2 guy went uh, 11, uh, sorry, 10, and then they dropped his score. Basically, when you look at the MX2 class, Horbeek's 5-7 um, in the MX2 class was very, very good. Which you know goes back to what you were saying, Weege, and and most teams drop their MX2 guy results. Uh, quickly looking through this, uh, Simpson was not on MX2, so he was one guy that was not dropped. But a lot of teams dropped their MX2 guy, and um, and so that is again just key to having two good MX2 results. So yeah, you know what it reminds me of. I know most people on Earth are no longer uh, baseball fans anymore. But if you're a baseball team and you have a catcher or a shortstop that can hit, because those are primarily positions that are so hard defensively that you don't even expect them to be able to hit well. But if you have a catcher that can hit, it gives you such a monumental advantage because it's like, well, we know the other right fielder is going to hit. The first baseman is going to hit. If we also throw in a catcher that can hit, that's kind of what the 250 class is. If you can have a guy that gets you two scores that you're not going to drop, that's a huge advantage. So if everything works out the way it should for Osborne, it should be a big advantage for Team USA, but it's one day, one race, and you just never know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. The uh, hard to see, JT, hard to see anybody not named Antonio Caroli or Jeffrey Hurlings winning a moto at this race. Uh, however, if they split it 2-1-1-2, I don't know about that, but hard to see the overall moto winners not being those two guys. Yes and no. Um, on a hard pack track like that, thank you. I think thank, thank you for that. Yes and no. Thank you. Well, I think you named the two best guys. Okay, that's my yes part. But impossible to, or you know, not seeing them win. I mean, let's not forget Geiser has won motos on hard pack repeatedly in the in the last you know little bit here. If it was a sand race, yes, no chance. Those guys go one two. And they win every moto, and and I would say without you know pretty easily too. But on a track like Matterley Basin, where Geiser is very good, um, I could see him winning a moto. I mean, he's won uh, GPs on these conditions. I think Febra is in the mix, too. Um, if Tony doesn't get a great start and um, isn't on the level he was in you know, midseason. Um, so, yes, I, I do think you named the two best guys, but it would not surprise me even a little bit to see, uh, to see Geiser or Febra win a moto. It would surprise me. It would surprise me. They, they just did 18 rounds and 
Tony and, and Jeffrey Hurlings proved to be by far the better guys. But, okay, well, uh, Geiser won a lot of motos. Yeah. If you want to look at the results. Not nearly as many as Antonio Caroli or Jeffrey Hurlings. He won five, six, something like that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Geyser's, Geyser's obviously team is, is out of it, but yeah, he, he could he could uh, capture a moto win. Um, I think Weege, I think Great Britain is the favorite in my eyes. They're the favorite. Uh, JT t- spoke about on the Pulp Show and, and talked about France. In my eyes, I like the hometown guys to, to bring it home. Uh, slightly, not overwhelming by any means, uh, but in front of the hometown fans, uh, Searle is an older, experienced guy. He's had a shitty year, but he's on an MX2 bike that he rides pretty well. Uh, Anstey had quietly a pretty good season, and Dino, I think, will be, you know, top two, three guys uh, in his motos. And just hometown fans, and yes, it could work in the opposite, but the hometown people, the inspiration, all that kind of stuff, good bikes, good team. Weege, I think Great Britain is the slight favorite, in my eyes. It's tough. I definitely see the logic in that. I think Cyril in the 250, especially when you consider – a lot of the other fast 250 guys aren't there. So Seaworth's moving up. He's not racing a 250 this event. Jonas isn't even racing at all. Um, so the path for, say, Searle just easily getting second, uh, all the MX2 guys in his two motos, is not that crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some yeah, times it, you have years where really fast guys move down, but it's worked the opposite this way. And he's good it, at that it wouldn't. And it's a good bike. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and I keep jumping in on you because yeah. it really yeah. doesn't matter. Um, if, you know, if Seward jumps up, he still can can be a person that gets in front of Tommy, and it wouldn't matter if he's on a on a 250 or a 450. It's, it's just overall positions. So, you know, if, if Tommy doesn't ride that well, but the MX2 is super weak and, and Zach gets third and Tommy gets 14th, it doesn't matter that they were one and two. Um, even with the guys moving up, they're still going to be in the race. So... Um, yeah, I but you got to have you. someone. You got to have someone in that spot, and someone's got to do something. And if he's the second best 250 guy, and I know they're not scored in their class, which I think is dumb. I don't know why they don't do that anymore, like it used to be. Yeah, they've changed that. Yeah. Yes, and I said that at the beginning of the show. That's a huge, yeah. huge thing. But if he's the second best 250 guy, which I think he is now, that's a big advantage for them. Um, and yes, okay, if he's not great, there's going to be more open and then MXGP riders and the two motos shoved in between him, but he's still second best 250 guy. I think that's good I for th- them. I think Hunter Lawrence beats him. The, the, he's on. Yeah. He's got all the momentum right now. The kid's killing. He is rolling. It, you know? He's yeah, rolling. He's rolling. Um, yeah. I think Hunter Lawrence can beat Tommy. I don't think Hunter Lawrence can beat Zach, but I think he can get up there. Uh, and I think Australia is a sneaky, a sneaky uh, outside chance here. But Weege, who's your favorite then? I, I said Great Britain. What, what do you think? Who's your favorite? Uh, I'm going to go with the Dutch. I'm going to go with the Netherlands. They were so close last year. And like JT said, it's not a sand track, so it's maybe not quite to their advantage. You know, if we were a sand race and you had Colton Hoff and Hurlings, look out. But I think they're good enough all around. Uh, they got fairly solid, experienced dudes there who hopefully don't blow it. Um, so I would give the edge to them. It's kind of like you're going with Moto wins versus um, consistency. Because I don't see yeah. Ansi, Dino, or Searle winning a Moto. No, but, no I don't either. You know, if you get a yeah. bunch of fifths and sixths, you you get you're going to get the job done for sure. Um, Coldenhoff went six seven last year in MX uh, MX one. They did the same thing. Yeah, MX one six seven. Yeah. Um, 
He was so, good. He got starts. That's what really helped. Yep. He, he happened to pull I, some hole shots and hold on. I, I have a hard time taking Koldenhoff seriously because every time I see him off the bike, he's a, he's a tiny guy. He's pretty skinny. He's small. And he wears these giant 100% mirrored glasses everywhere. And I can't take him seriously. They're so big. They look like a billboard on his head. I want to tell him, like, Koldenhoff, get some glasses that fit your head. <laughs> so this is a factor. You have to yeah, weigh that. Yeah, absolutely. You have to weigh that. You have to. You have, <laughs> you have to. to Koldenhoff, get the glasses that fit your face. You know? <laughs> oh. But anyways, uh, yeah, so 6-7 and MX1 is, is good results for Koldenhoff. The Dutch used both of his races last year. Bogers was not good, though. So we'll see. Um, no. Here's one other problem with the Brits. And, uh, JT, I think you were mentioning this on our legendary text thread, I think, yesterday. And Covington's kind of the same way, but Asti is so hot and cold. You just, every time you think that guy's got to figure it figured out, this has been for like 10 years now. You never know what you're going to get with him. And he's usually better in the sandy track. He could easily be good here, too. But, God, he's such a wild card. That's why I think you're right. You're absolutely right. He's up and down. Um, he had a good season, though, this year. Maybe his best. But I think that hometown thing gets him going. You know, I think he mm-hmm. does perform this I week. I can see that. Yeah, I do. I can see that. Um, Point. So, uh, JT, you, you still like France, though, you said last night. I do, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, I think with Febra and Paulin and their legendary record at this event, <clears throat> both of them have just been lights out over the years. You know, and that led to three consecutive, you know, victories that we're leading into. I think that they're going to be good enough. And if Febra can steal a moto or Paulin can steal a moto, which I think they're capable of, I don't know that they will, but they're going to be right around there. They're going to be in that top two, three, four, which that's just what they do at this race. With you, If they come through and that's what they give them, if Charlier can just pull out one decent moto, I think that's going to be enough. I think uh, he doesn't have to get fifth, which I don't think he will do, you know, a year away from MX2 racing. Even if he can go out and get a 10th or a 14th, I think that might be enough to do it, uh, just because I really think we're going to see a lot of parity. I think you're going to see guys all over the map. There's just so many guys moving classes and bikes and never race this event, and it's probably going to rain, and we're just dealing with a lot of variables for this race. Um, so I just, man, you know, if it rains, it's going to change everything. And all of these points will be moot because who the hell knows what's going to happen. Uh, but I just like France coming in with two out of the two out of the three same guys they've had on their winning teams. And they only need one moto from the new guy and it doesn't even have to be stellar. I don't think so. Um, we'll see. Team USA member you're worried most about Sealy or Covington, Weech. Sealy's, uh, Sealy's in the deeper class, and Covington's got the 450. Thing. You know what? Not necessarily. I don't know what leads teams to put guys where they put them. But, for example, Fevra and Hurlings are in open. They're not in MXGP. Yeah. I, I would I would say Fevra's a little better than Paulin. Fevra's had a really up-and-down year, but lately he's been getting better. Wouldn't you say is the better guy than Paulin? Or I, I, he's a world champ. I mean, yeah. Paulin's not a world yeah. champ. Yeah. Fabra is. Put him is in open. Fabra's not the right. same guy. I don't know what you guys have been watching. He's not the same guy. He's concussed no, himself. He, he's knocked himself out four times this year. Out cold four yeah, but times. At the end of the year, he started to he started to get it back. A little together, better. He like finally won a moto. He got a, he got one right. podium all year long, yeah. which is amazing. Because JT, you yeah. and I have watched this guy dominate. 
but it's yeah, it's, and I think it's I not think been on good. Saturday, I think Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to be rubbing this in because I think I just I've seen him too many times at this damn race, and I think the way this these conditions are at this track, uh, man, I, it's like saying JT. It's like saying Jeff Ward could do it. I saw Jeff Ward. At these races, I've seen Wardy. I don't Wardy. think that's the same. I've I seen Wardy. I, he can do it. Like <laughs> I don't think that's the same. It's not. It's obviously an extreme example. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, like he's. I'm with you. I have all the respect for Roman Fabra. It has been a talking to Lewis at MX Vice, talking to Adam Wheeler, talking to Ray Archer, uh, talking to MX Jeff, uh, JT. By the way, talking to MX Jeff. Um, I mean, did, didn't he just get a podium two weeks ago? Uh, three weeks ago, I think he did. Yeah, I think he got a, a third, a, maybe a month ago now right before no, i think in right france before, two weeks ago right before um hold no on. no i'm oh. talking about the last gp of the year i think he got at least third in a moto hold on one second please um but jt before we get into that uh let me by just, the way you know why Fever improved at the end of the year you already said it was what set up set up no set up yeah he right. did. He did. Say yeah, that. no, I'm sure. Up. I'm sure it is. Yeah, JT, he went uh he went 2-5 at the last round. See, um, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying he's going to win, but yeah. he's he's not as bad as, you know, it could be for sure. Um Anyway, the question was Sealy versus Covington. Covington. Who are you more worried that, about? Yeah, who are you more worried yeah, about? Yeah, I don't think that either class MXGP are open. I don't think there's a huge difference in uh, the talent either class. Hey, you got Hurlings and Open, you got Corolla and MXGP. I'm more worried really about Covington only because, much like Anstey, I don't get the guy. You just never know what you're going to get, and it somewhat depends on conditions. You know, if it's muddy, he does really well. But, I mean, there are moments where you're like, Covington should be MX2, MX2 uh, champ, just as good as anybody. And then there are other races where he's not. So you take that inconsistency and throw him in at a 450, like, yeah. I have no idea. That's, that's what worries me the most. He could have a really good day, but. Um, he can also not. Steely, I think, will be not great, but he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, I think the, the reason I ask that question is just because um, in our in our in our text, it seems like one of us is worried more about the other guy. I'm absolutely more concerned with Covington for Team USA uh, on a 450. He hasn't raced one probably since Loretta Lynn's, um, you know, and he seems hot and cold. And yeah, I'm definitely thinking Covington is going to be the wild card here. Uh, maybe he comes I, through. I, yeah. I think it's weather dependent too. Um, I mean, let's be honest. It's it's England in September, October. You know, it's uh, it could rain any second, any time of the day, and it's it's basically calling for that in the forecast. So, if we get into adverse conditions, uh, I will be probably much more concerned with with coal, uh, just because you know we don't really ride in those conditions very often, uh, and in Covington is forced to. I mean, he doesn't really have an option. So. Um, my level of concern is probably similar. I'm not terribly concerned about either one when I look at the lineup and, and the fields they're facing. Uh, I just worry about, you know, Fox Hills 98 or just some sort of really bad weather that we have to deal with. Um, all right, so JT, you think France. I think Great Britain are slight. This is all slightly favored, by the way. This isn't, you know, last no, year Last no. year we're like, hey, it's France. It's going to be yeah, France. We're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all very um, fortunate that. Ferrandez and Pacharello are both hurt, and, and and Lieber and 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 Desal too on the Belgians. Um, yeah, I'm, dude, I you wouldn't can't. Be... You can't. I've seen these damn Belgians. I've seen these people. They're so sneaky good at this race. Yeah, but Lieber crashes all. No, the no, time. yeah, it's weakened now. It's weakened. But I'm saying if 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 we got uh, um, uh, Lieber and um, Desal, it's. Mm-hmm. 
They're good. Anyways, we, who do you put as the slight favorite? Netherlands. Sorry, uh, you said that. You said Netherlands. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm picking Netherlands. Yeah. And, and this, so we all got three I, different favorites. <laughs> we got three different favorites, and none of us picked Team USA. So if Team USA wins, we can now be prime. Nobody believed in us. But I, I think all three of us can say the way this has transpired over the last month or so, that if Team USA wins now, I would not be shocked at this point. Like, I don't think it's an impossible dream like it maybe seemed like in July. I mean, I put Team USA right in the mix with those other three teams. At least I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if USA wins, I'd be like, yeah. Like, uh, First of all, it's awesome because they have kind of been counted out with, and no one's going to yeah. remember these injuries, you know, two years from now, three years from now, uh, about this stuff. No. Um, no. I think it'll be fantastic. And you know what I would do? If USA wins, I've said this before, next year it's at Redbud, we believe. Send this exact same team back to Redbud. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't want to do it. You're a big-name rider, and you don't want to do it. You skipped it. You said no way. Uh, and these guys pull the win out. Send them to Redbud. Wait. Who, who am I talking to on the phone here? What? I, I thought you were the – I don't blame these guys for not going. Until the uh, – I don't. Change no. Schedule, I don't no. blame them one bit. I don't. I don't. But if these guys pull off this win, this B team, this C team of USA, if they do it, send them back. They get a chance to, to win the number one, two, and three plates. Uh, <laughs> Look at that. That'll never happen, so it doesn't really matter. So, so if Tomac wants to race next year, you're going to say, sorry, beat it. We got the Covington kid. We got the guys that won. We happy. They stepped up. We love these guys. And, yeah. All right. I mean, that's crazy. You're right that it, no one will remember. If they win, you're right. By January, no one will remember that France had to use an Enduro guy on their team. <laughs> you're correct. An enduro guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love, all right? If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department, experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. 
Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Anyways, that, that's just a, a crazy theory, but they, they could absolutely win. They really could, and that would be awesome. They can. Yeah, they can. I, we, I, none, none of us have picked them as favorites, and I know that means we're going to get tons of crap talked on us if Team USA doesn't win, but we're not. I mean, they're right there. It's like any of these four teams, I feel, like could win it. Um, sneaky, sneaky, uh, sneaky teams, sneaky countries. Um, Italy, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia. I like Australia for a sneaky team. JT. I think, uh, I think you nailed it. Switzerland and Australia are the dark horses. Um, no one jumps off the page from Switzerland, but they have three decent guys with, you know, Guillaume being the wild card. You really don't know what you're going to get from him. But, uh, Sewer and Tonus are both very capable of putting their bikes inside the top five. Uh, and then Australia, we don't really know. I mean, De- Dean Ferris obviously has proven he can do it. Uh, Hunter Lawrence as well. And then uh, it'll be kind of up to Gibbs to round that out. Um, you know, we're, we've put all of this talk and, and articles and emphasis on maybe these other guys, but I would not be surprised if we're going into that final moto with a list of five or six nations that have a realistic chance. What do you think? We, I'll tell you what, first of all, I'll tell you what you get from Giaud. At some point in practice or a moto, Giad will have a spectacular crash. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. He will. He will just cartwheel somewhere along the, the line. Um, Weege, what yeah, do you think? Well, there's actually some history here, haven't you? Australia versus Switzerland. They've been a pretty even matchup, haven't you? Had money on this the last couple of years? Like who's the sneaky team, or was that Netherlands last year? Mm, no, I don't think that was me. Oh, or did you have Netherlands versus Switzerland last year as the? Sneaky team. I thought you bet money with Reed or somebody like that. Oh, I did. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Chad it, on Twitter. In Australia or was, um, it, was it? Was it I, Netherlands? Uh, it wasn't Netherlands because I lost and Netherlands killed it. So I said Switzerland. He said, he said Australia, didn't he? I don't know. I said I definitely said Switzerland. Yeah, these teams are <clears throat> these teams are running. I feel like the hype was a little higher for Switzerland a year or two, like when they had these three guys going. I, some of the luster, unfortunately, fell off of uh, Tonus. I think after his two bad years in the U.S. I mean, he was okay back home this year. But, you know, I think at one point it was like, oh, man, Tonus and Seward could be maybe two of the best guys in the GPs. 
And I think this get a fit out of the other guy. Now, Seaver was good, obviously, in MX2 this year, but he didn't win the title. He's got a run of 450 this one. Tonus is okay this year, but yeah. I feel like there's not quite as much hype on the Switzerland train as there has been um, in the past. Yeah, and maybe that's just because of Tonus' yeah. two bad years here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Australians now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip. If, last year I would have said, look out for Switzerland, but this year I'm going to say look out for Australia because Ferris is good, Hunter Lawrence is good, and you only need, you just need every one of these teams, as I said at the beginning of this, they cannot have their good guys screw up. Their good guys have to be perfect. But if you just need Gibbs to have one moto finish that counts, that's really not that bad. Canada, maybe? I don't even know who's on the team. Anyone? Who's on the team? I don't even know. Stop it. Um, I don't know. Who's on the team? Bassiati, Moffenbauer, and Medallia. They- I just want you to know that um, they have the Monster Energy FIM Motocross Nations team list thus far on the uh, MXGP site. And they list all the teams, the top teams. They do not include Canada. Wow. But Lithuania is in. They got Lithuania on there. Canada, Canada. Canada is missing Kevin Benoit, who absolutely killed it last year for Canada. I mean, he rode out of his mind to get 10th overall for Canada. Best finish since 19. Best finish with the Americans there since 1986 or 87 or something. Um, without the Americans, Canada did pretty well in, uh, in uh, Vulcan Swat in 02 or whatever, 01. Um, Anyways, so what about Team USA Part 2, Puerto Rico? JT, what about Puerto Rico? I'm not even sure who they have. Can you give me a rider list? What? Marshall Weldon. Okay. Daniel Sinai. Okay. And um, Darian Sinai. Starling. And Starling. Justin Starling. Starling. I get, I get, like, I get emails yeah. of you calling him Daniel when his name's Darian. Yep, Daniel Sinai. Got it. Darian. Um, Darian and I, my bad. Uh, I've actually talked to the kid. He's cool. Um, what do you think? They don't have a real Puerto Rican, which Who is no, the third? no offense, but it always kind of drags Starling, Justin Starling. Starling. It always um, kind of drags them down having a real Puerto Rican, but they don't have that now. Yeah. I know Starling hasn't really been riding outdoors. He's been riding fair races in Colorado all summer. I don't know. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough sledding. Um, they can, Kanai can they will make, be, can Kanai they, will be good. Yeah. They can make the A main, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, I mean they're gonna need some things to go their way because it's it's really close to being on the bubble. I mean, you know, going back to Germany when uh you know, Canada was in that in the basically the concy to get in, you know, in the B five it's it's tough, man. It's there's a lot of nations that are all right on the bubble because they don't have one standout. Um if Sinai can put in a good ride uh, I think that that could uh, that could help him a lot because he's been he's been riding pretty well. I mean, he's been top five in Mex two a few times this year. I think they make the A main. I do because uh, Welton and Sanai's got a ton of G, you know GP experience. They're, they've been riding pretty well in EMX and even MX two. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think that'll work. I think they'll make the uh, the A main. And Canada will not. Unfortunately, I am sad to report Canada will make the A main with this lineup unless disaster strikes, but I don't see them repeating that 10th just because JT Benoit was was amazing. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, you know, the only chance they have is is with, you know, Fasciati uh, bringing his A game because he's he's capable. I mean, he's very, very good when he's good. You know, he's one of those guys that's 
hot and cold type guy. Um, But if he brings his A game that we've seen from him, going back to Southwick a few years ago or the level he can bring when things are clicking in Canada, I could see him putting in a performance like Benoit had last year. His talent's there. I mean, he he can be a world-class rider when everything is right. At some point, JT, there'll be somebody with a massively uh, a big number out there doing pretty well in 450s, and that'll be Tano Leok. That'll be Leok, just out there, just riding really well with no hope from anybody else from Estonia. By racing's Tano Leok. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's good at this race. So. Yep. He's uh, like 35 now. I don't know. I think he's 80. There, yeah. I think he's 80 years old. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, New Zealand. Will- his, literally, we looked it up. It's his 17th year. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 17. 17 motocross those nations, probably. I should go find that guy. I should interview him. I'm going to go find him. JT, let's yeah. find him. I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, I, I know him. I know. I don't know him. I know his family a little bit. Okay. I hung out with him let's, in Estonia. Let's uh, go find him and just talk to him about all these motocross the nations that he's done. That guy's yeah. moto royalty in Estonia, by the way. Oh, like, I'm sure, nothing right? you've ever seen. <laughs> like their whole family. Like their the dad, the brother, uh, and then Tanel there. They are the first moto family of Estonia by a long way. <laughs> like the Kennedys of Estonia moto. Seriously. Like it's, it's, right. I, I've been there twice and, uh, both times I was shocked. I mean, there, everyone yeah. around knows the Liak family. Um, yeah, Netherlands, let's get back to the race to, to the, to the, uh, top three again. So yeah, France, Netherlands, United States, Belgium, and great Britain. Five squads, which is normally those are the five that I mean that's that's what you see every year. Five teams for three spots, right? With sneaky Australia, sneaky Swiss, right? Kind of what we're looking at. Uh, I yeah, so. I agree with that. Yep. You know what's crazy is that you know Australia's lineup is is definitely good. Uh, Ferris's level is very high right now. Hunter Lawrence has come on so strong. But you go back and you look at some of the lineups that Australia has had to offer, you know, like Reed, Burner, Metcalf, yeah. Reed, McFarlane, Burner. Like, I mean, they've had some crazy quality uh, lineups, and they've just ne- – like, back then, they just couldn't even get on the podium. Like, they were just yeah. they were just no, they were so snake-bitten for star-crossed sure. at this race. Um, you know, one of these times it's got to break through. I don't know if it's this year, but, uh, I mean, their, their future looks pretty decent with these kids coming up. You know who's another bastard that always rides these things for so many years is Martin Barr and Stuart Edmonds, the Irish. <laughs> they, yeah, they, there's, they line up, bro. There's and, always the, uh, the, the never-ending jokes in the media tent at this race with Mathis and the MX Vice guys about Martin Barr. Oh, Martin Barr. Just... <laughs> He doesn't stop coming. He's the Terminator. Martin anybody Barr. named Marty? Any, yeah. Anybody named Marty? Just they Marty. just keep coming. They yeah. never stop coming. No, and it's always usually one class. Yeah, no, it's the Terminator. They're the Terminator of 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 Norcross and Nations. But they're in the they were in the A main last year. I'm looking at the results from last year. Is it possible that Ireland got in the A main and they only had two riders <laughs> because they only have two guys listed, but they were in the A main. Yeah, the guy got hurt in warm-up, I think, in, in <laughs> Sunday morning. So, so Martin Barr and Stuart Emmons got him in. Anyway, one man down, but they still got in the A-main. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to talk about, JT? No, I'm just uh, – I'm already a little nervous, I'll be honest with you. On the phone right now, I'm, uh, I got some butterflies going. 
Um, and I just, I don't know whether I'm happy or sad about it because there was such a calm in the month of August. There was a, just a very, in July as well, there was a very deep calm that I knew we weren't going to win. And I was okay with it. I'm looking forward to going to England, seeing a lot of our European friends. Uh, we have a great time on this trip. And now we have a chance to win again. And all the pressure's back. I, I haven't been sleeping well. Um, I'll have uh, bubble guts Sunday morning. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse for uh, this opportunity the USA has now. But uh, if they don't win, I don't think. Okay, usually what has happened here in the previous five six years is when they don't win, the MXGs, the gate drops of the world, uh, then use this as evidence that the United States sucks, the riders are horrible. And the GPs are about to take over. It's almost like a um, North Korea type scenario. They're about to just rain down destruction on us based on this. Kim Jong Jeff. I don't think. Yeah, there you go. They're going to use. They're finally going to show their true power. I don't feel like if the United States doesn't win this year, no one's going to be able to be like this. Proves American racers suck. Like everybody knows that this wasn't the team that the Americans expected to send, right? Get any sympathy? I agree with you. I'm just more talking on a personal level. The anguish I will feel if we have victory (laughs) just ripped away again. You know, I I, through this. uh, It's you know, it's been a a lot of years here now where I felt like we should win. We've been in position to win. Last year we had it. You know, we were we were winning and Webb crashed and. I just don't know how much more of this I can take. I don't know um, how near I am to some sort of breakdown. I, I was I, well. I know how close I was last year. Um, very close. Is uh, you know put, this put it mildly. This 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 boils down to uh, our, again to get political a little bit. Our feelings about this kneeling and all the things going on. JT's upset about it. And I'm not. I, I just think you're free to do whatever you want. It's a great country. You're free to do whatever you want. And this goes to our ideology of how we feel about that. And it goes to this race because I've lived in America as long as I lived in Canada. And I'm going for my citizenship and everything else. And these guys are my friends. Like Celia and Osborne, I consider, especially Osborne, is a, is a good friend of mine. But I don't care. I just want to see a good race. If America wins, I will be happy for Zach Osborne. He stated this is his, you know, his biggest goal of his whole life and everything else. I just want to see a good race. So yeah, I think it's we break just, the we break the tie. Hold break on, hold tie. on. I want to interject okay. because I want to add some some reasoning to mine. So I've I've done over a hundred races internationally. Okay, um, when I would race in Germany. I would walk out and I would hold the American flag as I walked out part of, you know, just whatever as the American. And then it would usually play some crazy, terrible song. Uh, I shouldn't say terrible. We will kill me, but you know, born in the USA or something super corny and very outdated while we were doing that. Um, How dare you. we did a, we did, <laughs> we did a team race in New Zealand and it was USA and we all had a letter from the USA, uh, against Australia and against, uh, the Kiwis. So I think maybe my, personal perspective is a little more, um, I guess, personal is the best word, just because I've been in that scenario so many times where I was racing not only for myself, but also because I was American over there, you know, typically by myself. 
Um, so I take it more personal on that level than maybe some others do. So it could be just me. I mean, I, I'm, you know, let's, let's get, so I was incredibly proud of, of Kevin Benoit for running up front, running second for a long time. I thought that was so awesome. I was pumped for Canada and, you know, finally doing something at this race. And so I do have nationalistic pride, but at the end of the day, it's a motocross, you know, it's a motocross race and, and, and that's it. And, and whatever happens, happens. There's so many things that could go on, but, um, yeah, I'm just like, Hey man, let's see a good race. Like I know these guys are going to try all their balls off, and I'm not going to get upset at all at whatever happens. Um, individually, rides you see rides over the years, RVs, Bud's Creek ride. You're, I mean, that mailer gave me goosebumps. You're just like, holy shit, look at this guy. The individual rides, however great they are. Uh, Chad winning a moto in France. I'm like really stoked for him. You know, I, I'm just so happy that he rode so well to 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 to, to win. So I don't know, Weege. Where do you where are you fan, where do you stand on all that? Yeah, I've unfortunately had to check all biases at the door. I just can't I can't put it down for one week. And you know, my goal is to try to call it as it was, call it as I see it. Don't let emotion get in the way. Now I won't deny that during those motos, it starts ramping up. I don't quite get bubble guts level the morning of the race like JT, but during those motos, it starts getting out of hand. Um, and maybe nothing more so than last year, the ultimate high and low moment within about three seconds with Anderson. Um, but to me, a lot of it comes down to, I, I just get, I do my best to just <clears throat> not cheer either way, but I know depending on how this event turns out that I'm going to get associated with it one way or another. I am American. So there's literally nothing I can do to disassociate <laughs> myself with it. So I'll hear the chatter. I'll get the trash talk. I'm not even there. I've got nothing to do with it. If I were there and Team USA would win, I would not go to the podium. I have nothing to do with them succeeding. But it is difficult to deal with all that <clears throat> trash talk, so eventually you get somewhat caught up in it. But, nah, I can't uh, the, do it. I can't. I got to just call it as I see it. So, Do you think that it's Do you think that it's inherently because of the difference? You know, for me, I was racing and I associate with the competition side more, and you guys are – much more journalists than I will ever be and try to maintain journalistic integrity and be unbiased and all that. Cause I, I could give a crap about all that when it comes down. Oh to, yeah, that's absolutely it. That's, that's a hundred percent. The reason why, like I'm saying, I, if 51 weeks out of the year, it's my job to try not to pick favorites, try not to root, try not to make one guy sound better than the other. If it's not true, I can't just turn that off. Um, one weekend a year, although it gets very difficult when those when that drama starts to unfold, but that's totally the difference to me and you. You were racing, I mean, you were on a team event, but I guess you're saying even when you were in Germany, you were thinking about it. You were thinking that you were an American in Europe. Uh, my job was to do the exact opposite. Let's so, not for, let's not forget. Totally let's not forget. I'm the only one member on this phone who was a team member of USA. I actually worked for Team USA. You know, in '03. So, what was that like? Did you um, get caught up? No, I didn't. I really didn't. I guess it's me. It's my personality. I mean, look, I, watching Ricky uh, on a two-stroke catch, uh, like catch Everett's, he was slowly making up time on Everett's, and Everett's was on a 450. And and when Ricky got by him, I'm in the USA area, and and you're like, you know, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, like it, it, he rode amazing. And that's, but that's just an individual ride that you're like, holy shit, look at that ride. Um, whether I was watching it or in in the USA pit box, either way, you're you're just so impressed by RC's ride there. Um, 
but the USA guys got second. Ferry tore ligament in his thumb. Ricky won. Rhino broke a chain. Um, and I'm just like, hey, man, we got second. Like, every, like Ricky rode amazing, and Timmy's got a broken thumb. Like, what are you going to do? And everyone was so mad after the race. You know, all the Honda guys and KT, everyone with Team USA it was upset. And, and, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. did pretty good, guys. Got a broken thumb, and Ricky killed it. You know, so I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you were on the team and couldn't even get swept up in it. Yeah, I will. I will say this year has been a little different, um, and I, I'm. I don't know that it's changed my excitement level or anything, but it, it, it is more fun for me having you know Zach as the team captain and and my affiliation you know with Fly and him wearing Fly and all that. That is more fun for me because before it was purely a fan and and not that it's not a fan basis now, but at least I've gotten to help a little bit. You know, I've gotten to watch the gear process and and help on a, on several levels of that to make sure everything was going to look right and look good. And so it, I feel a little bit more a part of the team, but you know, I'm still just there to, to watch and, and spectate more than anything. Yeah. I don't know. Um, does we, what's the over under on JT getting in confrontations in the press room? Where are you setting it at? Mm, that's why I'm thinking that the team being somewhat of a B team, Maybe, maybe helps. Uh, but the last couple of weekends, the Hurlings win and Ironman, having a USGP and him coming out on top, that probably has put some gasoline in that fire. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is, maybe those guys are thinking this can be the death blow and they're going to go for the jugular. I'm a little worried about that. But come on, man. If we have to take in a European based American from the 250 class and put him on a 450, can you really talk trash on that? I mean, oh, these guys I, probably will. No, just just to squash it, there's zero percent chance that any of that happens because my really? my expectation level is not near as high. It, it's ramped up a little you bit. You said it's yeah. You said it's going it's up. It's ramped up some, but uh, the people that I had issues with before and I are are okay now, and I don't have this level where we have Tomac. And you know, if we if we went in and everybody that could race wanted to race. If Eli went and Zach went and pick a, you know, pick an Anderson or a Baggett, you know, preferably Baggett, I guess, for my own personal interests, and we went in with that team and we lost, yeah, I mean, just put me in a padded room. Um, but just like we said, with, with I don't like calling them a B team because I think these guys are all super talented and, and don't deserve that, you know, nickname. Um, but which is the expectations going in. I, I am not on a, I'm not teetering on any sort of, uh, fighting level. Like I may have been in years past. I just, I will be disappointed again if we lose, it, but go ahead. maybe not as much. It does. It does suck. Like I, I don't like again as a Canadian, I've already talked about my dispassionate sort of, uh, thoughts about this race and, and just wanting to see a good race. But having said that, it sucks to see media guys cheer against USA. It sucks. Like, cheer Anton. against anybody. You know what I mean? Anton. <laughs> um, it just, I don't like any of that. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, hey, man, like, just be happy for your country, wherever you're from. And, like, you know, and, it, and you know the USA guys are, are incredible. And you know you follow the USA series nonstop, uh, Supercross and Motocross, and you're into it, and you're interested in what's going on. So you... You follow it, you, 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 you're into it, yet you want these guys to fail. I'm confused by all that. So, um, anyways. Um, also, 
as we wrap up the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects, MXDN preview, let me once again, for another year, talk about how these countries, they spend thousands of dollars to get there. The riders don't really make a dime. Everyone's working their balls off. You, you, you struggle to get to this race. And your starting position on Saturday is a ping-pong ball. <laughs> it's a ping-pong ball. You get there, and if you're a country on the edge, like Ireland or, or Lithuania or even Geyser or Slovenia, and you draw 40th ping-pong ball, or the, the hot chick draws a 40th ping-pong ball on Saturday or Friday before your Saturday qualifying race, you're screwed. Great job, everybody! It is a, it is a nerve wracking moment. Do they, do they do it Friday afternoon? I can't. I've, I've been there for it, but I can't remember. I when know. They I, I don't. Do I think they do Friday. Yeah, I think they do do. It yeah, Friday. but it's definitely nerve wracking. I mean, it's it's it doesn't seal no, your fate. I, no, they do it Saturday. They do it Saturday morning. Anyway, Saturday morning. Yeah, um, I, I know we've been there for it, but oh yeah. it's uh, like it can definitely start you down a bad road if things go poorly. There. How about you do it via an average of your last three country scores, or how about you do it on the last year's event, or how about you do it on on just about anything other than a ping pong ball? Like I've been there. Canada's like you know struggled to get to this race, and they've they've got three guys that kind of want to do it, and they're boring bikes, and they draw thirty eight. All right, guys. Pack up and go home because you're fucked. You're screwed. You're, you got no chance. You know, um, I don't understand the ping pong ball and everything else. So it's it's so dumb to me at, a, at a, an amazing Olympics of motocross race. So much of your success, not for the five guys we just talked about, not for the five countries and not for that guys, but for, for other people that spend so much time and money to get there. But it can it can definitely inhibit your weekend because if you draw if you get 38 or 32 or something and then you get bad starts in the Saturday qualifying races and then that puts you in a bad gate for Sunday it's a it's a yeah. snowball that starts rolling downhill that is hard to get yeah you know back on top of no no absolutely I mean it, I just mean it doesn't affect you you know with that much um, that much if you're one of these elite countries you can get by with it hopefully but it does put you behind a little bit and of course. Of course, every GP track, the start is so staged, generally speaking, to be so favorable to the inside that you would think, knowing that, they wouldn't use a ping pong ball to draw your starting position because it's so favorable. But nope, they still use a ping pong ball. I don't know about Matoey in specific. But do we do we think much of this BMX drop down style start? Is that gonna change anything for anybody? What do you think, Wage? Uh, if we only had Anderson in the team. I mean, he crushed it. <laughs> Got a Toyota truck when we had it at Monster Cup, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I will God. say one thing about it, and uh, I dealt with this with uh, just because when I was teammates with, with Michael Byrne, we were, you know, he's 6'1 or whatever, and, and I'm obviously not. Um, just when we were practice starts on a start like this, it he he seemed to have a huge advantage, and, and it was because of leverage. Whenever we would drop down, he was able to lean over the front so much more, uh, dropping down and basically keep his front end front wheel down and and still accelerate. Where I didn't have enough body length to get over the front, so I don't know how that'll play out. But it was just one thing when we practiced these style starts that being taller definitely helped a little bit. So I don't. We'll see how it plays out, but it's something to watch for on the weekend anyway. Um, all right, top three. I'll go first. Great Britain 
USA, France. There's your top three. I'm not sold on Bogers, and I can't get over Goldenhoff sunglasses. Sorry. It's a big obstacle. Uh, I'm going to go Netherlands, USA, Brits. Brits finally on the podium, first time in 19 years or whatever it's been. Dude, and they were in in, in uh, Latvia. They were two laps away, and then Simpson broke a chain. They were two laps from winning it, I believe, and Simpson's chain broke. I think they were just going to get on the podium. France had that thing smoked. You think? Okay, oh, maybe yeah. it was just podium. All right. Yeah, it's... it was just the podium. All right, JT. Podium. No, no, they weren't about to win. All right. Yeah, Paul Wynn crushed everyone, and Ferrandis was fantastic. They were, they were winning that event. Top three, JT. I'm going to go third place. Oh, he's counting down, Weege. He's counting down. Yes. <laughs> third like place, it. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the Netherlands. Second place, I'm going to go with France. And USA brings it home, baby. Oh, you're such a sellout. You just, yes. you just said 30 minutes ago France was the slight favorite for you. We're an hour into a podcast, and I've talked myself into it. Just imagine what the next 96 hours are going to bring. You don't think Col- you don't think Koldenhoff's glasses will hold him back at all? Yeah, he'll hold him back in the third place. Okay, all right. I think uh, I think Great Britain something will <laughs> have some sort of issue. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And anything can happen. I mean, look, Jmart breaks his foot on Saturday. Done. They're done. You know what I mean? So Yep, Anderson nearly dies. Yeah. We have that we we had that thing wrapped and, honestly. And J, JT gets in a fight with a guy trying to take a photo of Anderson. No, 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 that's not that's not how it went down. But you want to put your phone near a guy and try to get an Instagram video while a guy we don't even know if the guy's okay. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. That's not that's not cool. <laughs> All right, uh, flyracing.com, Alpine Star Protects, uh, MXDN Preview Podcast. We will reconvene maybe next week to see exactly uh, how right I was. Oh, boy. <laughs> it would be a first. <laughs> All right. I can't remember. Who's your guy? Brits? Yeah, Brits. Brits take it home. USA Brits. second, France third. So, And Colton Hoff's glasses hold him back. They're just too big for his yep. face. All right. Exactly. That's factor. Uh, it's man. It could not be. He might not be sunny. What if he doesn't wear them? Oh, that's a good point. It's a good point. I never thought of that. It will be cloudy and rainy <laughs> at some point. Um, absolutely. I, you know me and my superheroes. I don't know much about them, but it's almost like kryptonite. Like if you can just keep those sunglasses away. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that can take them down. Absolutely. All right, JT, Jason Wygant. Thanks, boys. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a 
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,